This is episode number four. Today we'll be discussing planes, fire, and rescue. This is Animcasts. All right, mud droppers. Fire broke containment. Split in two. We lift your copy. All aircraft. We've got a report of a wildfire. There's a time. Dangerous work. In your life. But that's the job of a firefighter. When the world. Is on your side. Risking their lives for people they don't even know. You might not feel it. You came here to become a firefighter. You might not see it. Good luck, Dusty. But it's surrounds. I will never understand why you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. We're not. We're jumping out of you. Never let go. That's what everyone calls me. Okay, Mrs. Miss. 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 Yeah. Dipper. Dipper. Yep. Yep. Hong Kong, beep beep. Park superintendent. He waxes himself daily. <laughs> I can do this. You're not certified. Just give him a shot. He's not certified. We need every plane we've got. Crap hopper! Hey, cigarettes. You just fall out of a B-17? Because you're the bomb. Pickup trucks. We should just start where we always kind of start with the story. I mean, it was very basic, but I didn't really mind it that it was basic. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I think because it was basic, it didn't have the opportunity to waver and get off track. I think right. really just for like, this is what's going to happen. Just a simple, you know, a couple different like plot lines going on. But since they stuck to it, it felt kind of strong to me, even though it wasn't the most, you know, legendary story you've ever seen. But still, it, the structure seemed to be pretty tight, which you don't always see in these kind of movies. Did you think, though, it would it made his life a lot easier? I'm talking about Dusty Crophopper. Did it feel like he probably could have just said what was going on if he just communicated a bit more that all of these problems would have been? Like if he would just talk to the, the main helicopter guy and be like, my gearbox is broken i can't go fast <laughs> you think that would have well because he never he never really said that yeah at all yeah i he had like a chip on his shoulder the whole time i tend to get frustrated with plots that could be easily solved by people just talking <laughs> talking you know instead yeah. if, if there's not a good reason for people to be hiding information where they just choose not to say stuff for no real reason mm. i felt like i mean I, I i thought the story i mean you're right it was simple and it was you know, reasonably tight and just like, this is what it's going to be about. And that's what it was about. Um, yeah, I guess I was, maybe this is, is just the nature of a sequel, but I was hoping that there would be some like character development with dusty, but he didn't really have development. He like kind of was disappointed. And then he was almost like the vehicle to drive. Well, that's funny. Well, he was the airplane (laughs) to drive us just through this world. And meet all these other people. But yeah, there wasn't much change in his attitude yeah. or his... 
and I don't know if there's really change for anybody. Like even his mentor guy, there wasn't much because not really. It was more of a movie of discovery, I guess. Like an action movie for kids, almost. That's kind of what kind it felt of, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which maybe that's what it was. They had to be, enough right? fire and yeah. explosions. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, so the story was fine. The, the kids in the theater, I think, enjoyed it. Yeah, we saw it with a, a lot of kids on a Sunday morning, yeah. Sunday afternoon, <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Just pretty funny. <laughs> I think that's the best way to see this kind of movie, though, is to see it with its intended audience. Because quite frankly, we are not the intended audience for Planes, Fire, and Rescue. (laughs) I don't know some of those jokes, though. (laughs) Which you can get into that as well. Some of those puns. (laughs) Yeah. Adult humor. Innuendos, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's quite a few of those. Yeah, a lot of sex jokes. Yeah. Or sex innuendos. You know, there were a bunch. I feel like it definitely felt like, obviously, thrown in for the, uh, the adults, the parents. I didn't. I felt like there was a bunch, but it wasn't too many. I feel like I've seen other ones, and I don't want to name any specific studios that throw in a little too many jokes mm. for the parents. And this was more like, like you guys said, innuendo. It wasn't like a flat out joke or uh, pop culture reference or something like that. Yeah, the mm. pop culture ones I can't really get over. Which right. this one didn't yeah. really have no any Mm-mm. really. Thank I mean, goodness. it had like brands, like when it was like, oh Chevy, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, and stuff like that. <laughs> Or I love the little bar sign in the back that said Corona. <laughs> I don't think I saw that yeah. one. That's great. It was a little neon sign. <laughs> See, I like that. That's great. Did you guys notice the bowls of nuts that they had yeah. on the table? Yeah. I love that. That was great. And then there was Motor Hitos, I think. Yeah, yeah Motor Hitos. <laughs> that was the other one I remember. <laughs> but see, that's fun. I like... See, that's the one thing. I know Cars gets a lot of flack, but world building wise... It's fun mm-hmm. to think about. <laughs> well, so I guess talking about this movie, what what did you guys think of the, let's not say Cars 2, just the original Cars? Because like you said, it gets a lot of flack. And it does. And it was probably because the amount of movies that came before it were so critically acclaimed mm-hmm. that this one was just a basic have fun tale mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. just a simple like guy needs to get over his ego type story. Yeah. And he, it's almost like a hero rises type thing. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed Cars, the original. I had Paul Newman in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cars 2. Uh, not... Cars 2 had Michael Caine. That's the lead. Michael and Caine. you can't do any wrong <laughs> in my eyes. I don't know. Have you seen Jaws 3? <laughs> oh, you know what? I have not. So maybe I should maybe just... it's jo- No, it's Jaws the Revenge. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It didn't even get a number. It didn't even get a number. I think it may have been four. <laughs> it's pretty terrible years ago. Oh, gosh. That's one of those Sunday afternoon, you have nothing else to do, or you're trapped inside because it's snowing. <laughs> Which happens you a lot here. I feel, like, yes. I feel like Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine, now that they just have bunk beds, and they just live together. <laughs> like, what do you, got, what do you want to do today? Let's, Let's make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I imagine, at least. <laughs> is he in the new one, the Interstellar? He is. Oh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I liked the original Cars, too. I actually didn't see it in theaters. I was, I guess I was in college at the time and wasn't really You're busy. like, there's books to be read. Yeah, I was busy with other <laughs> things, and so I didn't even realize it had come out. And my parents saw it and enjoyed it, and they're like, you should see this Cars movie. And Cars I, or Cars 2? The original Cars. The original Cars. Yeah. I don't um, think I saw it in theater either. I saw it. But I, I was pleasantly surprised. I hadn't heard bad things about it or good things. It was just kind of, mm-hmm. oh, I missed a one of these Pixar movies and I had enjoyed and I liked the world like what you say I liked the the world that they created and I like that it's full of the, the terrible puns 
because I love puns. And I'm happy they just go for it, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, just Right. Just and they did it well it. with this one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing, uh, like I, I brought up before, I don't think it had, like, the, I mean, it like, the trees looked really good, and, and the detail on everything is very top-notch. Um, by the way, it was the same studio that did Legend of Oz, Dorothy's Return. And I don't know how that was possible, but... Which we were looking at the credits at the end, and it seemed like there was a lot of Disney people involved. So I don't know if that helped push the Indian studio forward, or I don't know what they did, but it, these are like two completely separate, on like a technical level, films. If you yeah. would watch them back to back. Yeah, you'd like, never guess. You could never guess it was the same studio. Yeah. But to go back to what I was harping at before, this one didn't have... It had, like, the little subtleties of, like, joke here, joke there. But the thing about Cars that I liked was the whole aesthetic of just little details and just, like, the landscapes and stuff that were, like, this is an engine block or this is, you know, rims on this building. Like, they had some building shots of when they did the um, the flashback to, what's the helicopter's name? I loved that little bit. It was pretty great. Yeah. The, the <laughs> show he was in? Yeah, which was also very adult, I yeah. would say. <laughs> yeah, which was uh, based off of chips, right? That's what they were going mm-hmm. for. But it totally had that whole, like, 80s, terrible 80s buddy cop show yeah. aesthetic, which <laughs> was very funny. Right. So Blade Ranger was his name. Blade Ranger. Ed Harris voiced him. But... um like, that whole city, they had, like, that a nice cityscape and stuff. But there wasn't... I didn't see any detail for, like, you know, little fenders here or any little... Which I was used to with the other car movies, the right. Pixar ones. Like, the least. whole Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. Everything is... And I feel like the first Planes one had a bit of that going as well. Okay. I mean, Cars 2, they took it to a whole new level because they had entire cities that were... <laughs> right. They had, like, Notre Dame Cathedral yeah. made of <laughs> yeah. engine parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the world building, I mean, I'm a sucker for it. I love it, how they do it within these movies. Um, I guess we can dive into characters. There wasn't much. I mean, they were fun in the sense of you see more vehicles, I guess. There was really no character development in this movie. Not really, right? A tiny bit, but when I think of if anybody changed over the course of the film, or if anybody learned anything, like really learned some like character changing thing besides getting a new coat of paint well the, th- the thing is dusty's change was he's supposed to and i mean like it's kind of what they they harp on all the time in these movies but maybe not the second cars but it's almost to be selfless i guess in a sense still because it's like the helicopter saves him and but he was doing that anyways by going to fire school in the first place and <laughs> Right. That kind of disappointed me because I thought they could have, like, one of the basic rules, my understanding is, of putting together any kind of story is where you can add conflict, you put in conflict, you know, or mm-hmm. where where a character can make a choice, especially at the beginning that gets them into trouble. Get them into trouble, like, throw, throw the kitchen sink at them to make them have and- to figure out who they are or whatever. And... Yeah, they had him basically volunteer to be a firefighter. I feel like they could have I kind guess of he, made him do that since yeah. he kind of he was the reason the place, for yeah. everything being messed up at the beginning. And so he was the reason they needed a second firefighter. And it would have been good if he was reluctant about it. Yes. But right. he wasn't. Like maybe they pushed the gearbox and like, but my gearbox is going to be here in like four days. Right. 
Right. That would have been. But it's like, oh, there won't be a race if you don't go and do this. <laughs> right. Right. But it's all, it was like a happy town. It was almost like a, a Frank Capra movie, whereas everyone's just like jolly and work together. And <laughs> it was like the perfect Leave it to Beaver little 1950s town. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't much conflict. It was just like, okay, he went out drunk flying, apparently. I guess that's what we're supposed to assume because he did leave the bar and then go out at night, which we find that you're not supposed to do that. And then Mm. runs into the thing, destroying the town. Yeah. Huge (laughs) explosion. Massive explosion. (laughs) I was quite impressed with the fire and explosions. Um, And also the credit team for how many special effects artists worked on this. Yeah. Like twice as many as if you, if you see it, stay for those credits or if you have it whenever it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD. Just check the credits and see how many special effects people uh, go into all that amazing fire and explosions. But yeah, because it was like, okay, he did a selfless act because it was like he went off to do this fire thing to like save the town because the town needs it for revenue. Is what I'm assuming. I don't know. They, they had um, John Ratzenberger. Yeah, he had. He was the hotel Ratzenberger. Oh, now I'm questioning. <laughs> I think it's Burger. Ratzenberger. <laughs> now I just lost my yeah. thought. What part did he play? I forget. <laughs> he played the um, the hotel uh, in in the wherever concierge. they were. No, not the concierge. He wasn't the concierge. He was the um, the guy that ran the inn at the at, at, in their town because he was like, I have the entire hotel booked for oh, the right. corn whatever festival. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> when they were gonna get such a movie go to like, <laughs> little town having a corn festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic Midwest. I know. Yeah, we American totally ideals. <laughs> totally had corn festivals growing up. Oh, we did as well. <laughs> we had the Farm Progress Show was our big thing. Oh wow! Oh my yeah. gosh! Well, I'm from Philadelphia, so it was a little more hardcore. <laughs> <over Yeah. there. laughs> The Philly cheesesteak festival. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Cream cheese. Yeah. Cream cheese sculptors. Did you guys, oh man, the State Fair always had the butter sculpture of a cow. Oh my goodness. Was that I've only an pictures. Illinois thing? Yeah. We've You've only seen pictures? Yeah. I've seen pictures, I've seen man. Pictures. <laughs> it's huge. It's like a life-size yeah, cow it's made life-size. of butter. Wow. Why not, right? So I'm assuming yeah. they do like a cream cheese mermaid in oh. Philadelphia. Oh, oh, of course. Tons. <laughs> yeah. Right next to the the Liberty Bell. (laughs) (laughs) What was I talking about? It was the Corn Fest. John John Ratzenberger at the Corn Fest. Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, his selfless act, which he, I mean, he ruined the thing. And then the fire truck was like, oh, don't worry about it. I was unprepared or whatever, which he was. The fire truck, definitely. You can't be mad at the safety guy. (laughs) Because it's like, he is. Too old to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> and does not have the proper gear. But then after that, he was like, oh, and was it kind of strange that they went along and looked, they had like the walls of whatever's. I mean, they did that in the other cars film. I guess it's like a cars cliche now. The, the wall, wall, the wall of like trophies and photos. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of like their, one? their little thing that they can like hark back to. Oh. Yeah. Cause the Paul Newman character had the had his big thing mm-hmm. mm. which he was like a moonshine runner right <laughs> is that like what we were supposed he was to... like a, i think he was like an early stock car racer like right. when stock cars were actually cars off the factory floor as opposed to now they're just kind of shells of cars with really powerful engines mm, okay but i mean like he was he was showing how to navigate on dirt and stuff and how to 
Right. Which, I mean, well, that's where NASCAR comes from. Yeah, they they were moonshine runners. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we have NASCAR. Back during Prohibition. (laughs) Because that's, yeah, that's where it came from. PG-13. Go listen to Stuff You Should Know's podcast on the subject. (laughs) Very fascinating. (laughs) But they they had the wall, they had that there, and then they had it also at the fire training, whatever, Alpine Resort. They had the wall of planes that died yeah fallen yeah. very very morbid yeah. piston peak was the name of the place i think it was supposed to be a playoff of pike's peak uh, i thought they could have been they could have come up with a more clever one than that between yosemite and yellowstone right. and bryce canyon and glacier there's there are enough yeah. national parks they could have come up with a pretty oh, good all i got pop. is park's peak <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then it's like are they saying like vehicle park or are they saying like like it's a park like a park <laughs> <laughs> like a forest park <laughs> I'm not paid by Disney. I can't come up with <laughs> puns on the fly. <laughs> Stop staring at me. <laughs> Let's go. The voice talent. What do you think of the voice talent? Because I said at the beginning that I felt like it was stronger. Did it feel? Because usually it's like there's swing and miss with some voice actors. There's spot on where you're like, I don't know who that is. And I need to go to the internet and make sure my assumptions are correct. Um, and then there's others that are. I know that it is, and they did, like, a good job. But what were your takes on the voice talent? Because you said you didn't really know Dane Cook, right? No. I had heard the name, but I didn't know what he was from or what he was in. Discovered. I thought he he did a good job as a voice actor, mm-hmm. but also his voice just wasn't There's a few scenes where it was, like, he was a bit checked out. He was just mm-hmm. kind of reading the lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, they were the most more gushy instances of... Oh, you can do it, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. Type stuff. Right. I, you know, I think he did a fine job voice talent-wise. I just don't think he had a super great character to play. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So there's only so much you can do when the lines don't offer good acting. Mm-hmm. Right. And how you were saying that there wasn't a lot of like character development. I still felt like every character, though, was still super strong. I felt like everyone was definitely like identifiable on their own. They stood out on their own. So I thought everyone did a pretty good job. Um, yeah, I thought Dane Cook did pretty, yeah, just fine with mm. it. Yeah. There were some moments, and I agree with you, Dan, that it felt a little... A little checked out, a little, right? <laughs> Yeah, a little weak. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's Dane Cook, just because I'm familiar with his comedy and stuff like that, and I could remember his voice or recognize his voice, but... Yeah, the characters each felt very strong to me, I thought, especially for, you know, yeah, I mean, what like might what be considered a, a B movie, I guess, in comparison to other animated movies. So how about the, uh, I guess this is more jumping into, so I mean, like they have a great, I'm going to say vehicle again. <laughs> they have a great I don't know, franchise that they can kind of help out a bit on stereotypes here. And the one thing that I, th- I think Cars has lacked as a good female, and I think you brought this up multiple times. Yes, a I good, did. Fe- a strong female character. Right, because probably the one part of this movie that annoyed me the most mm-hmm. was the attached um, fire plane. Yeah, so in this movie, there was probably only one female character. I think we were talking. There was like There's one two. other. Yeah, in, in the leader movie, of but... the what, ATV whatever squad. <laughs> That would mm-hmm. chop yeah. wood and stuff. Mm-hmm. There were a couple like ensemble, like smaller ensemble females, but this mm-hmm. one, this one character was, I guess, the lead female. There was only one, and they painted her to be this crazy, annoying, clingy, mm-hmm. like totally obsessed with Dusty, like fan, 
you know, fanatic. Have you seen that <laughs> the meme of the overattached girlfriend? That's what they tried to embody in this yeah. plane. <laughs> right. And right away, and actually, when they first introduced her and she was such a fan, I was like, oh, cool. Maybe she knows some tricks. And, like, yeah. she was, like, more of a fan, like, technically, like, his skills and stuff like or that. Or even they if just... they would, like, play off of oh, like, I have such high respect for you, but and then see that he's struggling with this training and be like, oh, he's just another guy, you know, that I right. can help. Yeah. But they didn't do, it was just like... And it was all for comedy. It was yeah. all, like, everything she, she said was a relief. joke, so, but still, it's But they had so many other, that, yeah, comic yeah. relief characters. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, everyone else. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, yeah, they, they would have... One day. Yeah, it would have been cool to see a strong female in this movie too because you can tell i mean just from being a girl it seems like it's more geared towards boys but maybe that's just being sexist because it was like you know like fire explosions and normally that's associated yeah i mean how i grew up with boys yeah oh no for sure and i mean i'm sure i'm sure their highest demographic buying all these toys and stuff are you know uncles that need to get a quick gift for their (laughs) their nephew yeah Yeah, their nephew i mean (laughs) i don't know if you guys have many interactions with like five to ten year old boys but the ones that i know all have cars stuff mm-hmm. yeah like they have cars bathing suits they have cars toys they have cars lunch boxes they have cars everything yeah i think most of the people i talk to and they're like oh what movie did you go see and i say planes fire and rescue and they're like oh yeah i bought that stuff for whoever i know it's kid mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's always that conversation and mm-hmm. i actually worked in the Disney store when Cars 1 came out and how our store was laid out, it was definitely like boys were separated from girl stuff. So there was like princess stuff and stuff like that. And then there was like a wall in the boys section with all the cars that mm-hmm. we continually had to restock because there was tons of different cars. But yeah. And cars are cool. I love cars as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just vehicle cars, not cars the movie. But I had so many Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars. and But I, I don't know. It just feels they should push... Get on my soapbox here. <laughs> they could have like one strong female character that isn't a cliche. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But maybe that will be boats or something. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other spin off. Or they should do something even cooler and do like a female spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Submarines. Ooh, cool. cool. <laughs> Get Sean Connery back. Hunt, hunt over. <laughs> he reprises they Russian do, general. Yeah, just do Scottish hunt for Red October. No, but it's true. Yeah, they were the because the, they also the creepy female character. She was like all jokes, and then but then spoiler alert at the end when they don't know if dusty's gonna make it after this crash she's like waiting you know day they do kind of a a time lapse of night and day that she's waiting there for i think they say five days and she doesn't leave his side and all for a joke guys (laughs) right but at that point at that point they haven't established any like real friendship or relationship there she's just kind of this weird person who won't leave him alone and it's like it's not cool when a stalker waits by your bed when you're unconscious (laughs) or yeah and neither is it funny it's not funny no i don't know who pushed that plot line but it's yeah because the payoff for that whole sequence was she was like i love to watch you sleep or something like that which is multiple times throughout the movie (laughs) yeah Yeah. and the eight-year-olds were not laughing at that no No. they didn't get it it wasn't worth it yeah and the adults were not laughing at that either 
more creepy. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, those the sales of that plane are not going to go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not having that next to Mike Child's bedside. <laughs> right. Turning that around. Yeah, she so she was kind of a she was a disappointment of a character. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that kind of bothered me, I don't know if this bothered you guys. So there was the old RV couple, which was like that was great. I mean, I love the old RV couple, but here's the thing that that got me is they went to go have their whatever kiss on the bridge, right? Their anniversary where they met and did they like not understand that there was like a forest fire engulfing <laughs> most of the it's like just don't go out there guys <laughs> did the fire start before they left the fire was already happening which i oh right after talking about it now i kind of realized that they said that when the a-list planes left they kicked up um embers i guess and restarted the fire on the other side, or I guess maybe they contained it, but but also they get stuck on a bridge that's yeah. across a giant ravine. Which that like... scene was amazingly shot. Y- yeah, <laughs> so suspenseful. <laughs> I yeah. was worried for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, and it was <laughs> really put the suspense in suspense bridge, <laughs> suspension, <laughs> suspension bridge. bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I I do like um, they cast Jerry Stiller, yeah. Ben Stiller's dad, and George I looked over Stance's to Laura and dad. I was like. Is this Jerry Stiller? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was the the guy RV, which yeah. I just loved. I really like when he shows up in anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very distinctive but very funny. Yeah, um, I don't know who the lady was. I was hoping that it would be the, the lady who played Mrs. Potato Head and is also George oh. Costanza's mom in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. that would have been great because she has a great voice she does. as well. She's the best, yeah. But it was maybe her. they don't want to get their properties mixed. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is somebody else. I think her name is Estelle something. That sounds right. Because Estelle is a great name. <laughs> yeah, but that was a well-done scene. But that's also... The scene leading up to that was... I was not very happy with um, Dusty's... Like, not listening to Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. And then not still, learning anything Still from not it. listening to Ed yeah, Harris? Yeah, he, like, kept not listening to him. Being like, I can do this. And then ruining everything. Mm-hmm. And never had any real comeuppance for that. Yeah. Never had any real character change. All he did was see Ed Helms kind of hurt and be like, oh, I feel so bad. Ed Harris, yeah. What did I say? Ed Helms. Ed Harris. It was not Ed Helms. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, Ed Helms. <laughs> I was like, I missed that voice. <laughs> Are you talking about when um, he when they were flying over and stuff like that and he kept messing up? He wasn't listening to him then? Is that the No, no, not when he's about? learning. When he's learning, that's that's right. fine and that's a good character development, mm-hmm. I think, to be like... Yeah, to, yeah. To, see, to, learn from your mistakes. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it was at the end when they're fighting the fire. He still just goes off and does whatever he wants. And he goes oh, and does whatever right, he right. wants like mm-hmm. three different times, doesn't listen to him mm-hmm. over and over and over again and so they can't fight been, the fire. Yeah, it should have been one of those moments of, I'm going to listen to you call the shots. Tell me what I need to do. Right. And it would have been even more endearing if they were like we don't know we have to figure this out together and then he could have like had his input because the whole thing was like you gotta listen to people right mm-hmm. and right. now he's still like just shouting out i'm gonna go i can do it i can do it still guys i'm gonna go do this <laughs> and then at the end yeah he never had a moment where where that where he really learned that he, you can't do that right because yeah. then at the mm-hmm. end he was like i can do this and yeah. he did do it yeah like, <laughs> okay so Dusty just does whatever he wants all the time. <laughs> all the time. With no ramifications. <laughs> I mean, granted, he did, he did crash. 
quite hard and was hospitalized for five that's days true. for five days but and got everything he ever wanted yes that's true which they, they <laughs> yeah. tied Fly that up again. in a nice little bow <laughs> i was kind of hoping they wouldn't yeah do like a how to train your dragon Makes yeah mm-hmm. you're now a car <laughs> right yeah or I, I was hoping fly anymore i was hoping he wouldn't get his gearbox fixed yeah like that it would be fixed enough for him to be able to be a fire plane but not to be a racer anymore mm-hmm. you know i thought that would be a good character kind of thing I was, oh i can't get what i I like when movies don't give the characters what they what, what they, they want. want initially. Yeah, because the because it's such a trope in mm-hmm. animated films in particular that a character really really wants something and really believes they can do it and they always get it in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, especially US movies. Yeah. Once it's French then they die or kill themselves. Right. Right. We're talking about US. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I want characters to to be satisfied in the end, but usually an interesting story is made from them, like actually not getting what they originally think they want. They learned that what they wanted in the first place wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's what made, and we've talked about monsters university, not on this podcast, but in private, that's uh, a great example that that's, mm-hmm. that's a total genre bender because mm-hmm. in that Mike Wazowski doesn't get what he wants and he has to learn to live with not getting. See, and I really love that movie <laughs> because they do that, but then also, you know what the outcome is going to be at the end. Because there's, it's a prequel. Right. So it's like, I know how this is going to end. So it's like, they have to work so much harder to like break that notion in your head that they're going to succeed. Because you know they will, but it's like, how did they get there? Yeah, so good. <laughs> so I, yeah, I feel like Dusty got everything he wanted, but he also got everything he wanted in the last movie, in the yep. first planes. Mm-hmm. And this should have been the Empire Strikes Back of the planes trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed Harris could have been his father. Dusty, I'm your father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From the 70s. There was that plane fling. <laughs> One thing that I was kind of questioning. So in his training, though, they kept telling him to push it, but he couldn't because of his gearbox. So was he unqualified to be a firefighter? Please? I would think so. It would be. So I thought that that was a little shady. They wasn't telling anybody. And I was like, oh, that's something bad's going to happen because he's not telling anybody. But then when he did tell him about that his gearbox. a great thing. Yeah. And he was just like, you know what? That. you got to keep trying and believing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he didn't yourself, get in trouble? Right? Because, I mean, physically, was he unable to complete these tasks, these drills? Because that was what kept happening. Like, yeah. okay, do this. Fly under this thing. Um, and then they had the classic yeah. waterfall scene, which I know you are such a fan of. And he was falling <laughs> down the waterfall. This is the year of the looked, waterfall. Yeah, I think <laughs> I looked over and you were like groaning or something. <laughs> So, yeah, I was a little confused by that. Yeah, but that would have been... They didn't bring that up at all, but that would have been... Yeah, that, that would have sold me. That would have been yeah. really, really good. That would have been totally different than what I would have expected. Yeah. Is for, it's like, well, you can't tell them about your gearbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then it would have made the town such, like, jerks. Well, so some of the other characters, voice talents... There was the, the Native American helicopter. Yeah, how'd you guys Wasn't feel Wasn't sure how I should feel about that. I was going to say the same thing. I never know what I'm supposed to feel. I, I'm not Native American, so I don't know if like it's okay to play on these stereotypes or not. And it left me feeling pretty uncomfortable most of the time. Yeah, and they always put you in like uncomfortable moments with him as well. There's like when he was telling the the fable. <laughs> you're like, this is uh, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah. 
I thought his design was kind of cool, how they made his helicopter oh, yeah. rotors like they were feathers. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. And I like that he was second in command. Yeah. I thought that was nice, yeah. too. I mean, I don't know, though. Is that like a... And it's not, you know, I mean, like having accents or talking in a certain way, it's how people in real life are. So it's not like you want to hide that, right? We have like yeah. Gusto and Ratatouille being like, I'm Gusto. He's French, right? I'm just trying. I'm relating it to like Peter Pan or Pocahontas. Like this. I'm trying to think of other characters they've done in the past. They kind of seem yeah. like they keep portraying them the same way. Oh gosh, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. Peter oh, no. Pan was from the very un-PC era. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, that was just of world, yeah, of worldliness. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. But then Pocahontas did kind of the opposite tack of that. Did the like. I think it's called the. I think it's called the noble savage. It's like the idea of like, oh, this culture that we find that lives in the woods and is different from us, who we th- we think we're civilized, but they're actually the civilized ones because mm-hmm. we're truly monsters. Which is like a fine story way to do things. I mean, but it's repeated through you know, it's dances with wolves, it's yeah. Avatar, it's Pocahontas, it's all these um, kind of have that similar sort of message of like these people who live close closer to the earth or yeah. i don't even know how you put it but who once one culture views as uncivilized mm-hmm. finds out the civilized ones are actually the bad guys so they like there's there's that cliche mm-hmm. with native americans and there's also kind of the standard cliche which they kind of went with the standard one mm-hmm. in this Oof. i don't know what i want them to do <laughs> i know that's the thing <laughs> well and i feel like yeah. i don't have much of a say to what i want them to do because i <laughs> I don't know what's the right thing to do in this situation. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> but I'm glad we. I'm glad you talked about it because it was like cringy moments, which I don't even know why I'm cringing. Maybe I'm just not supposed to. I don't know. Yeah, like are we being overly sensitive? Yeah, I don't know. But I want to be appropriately sensitive, right? Well, especially when they had him do this, do this, uh, his fable around the campfire. Yeah, and it was like very stereotypical, kind of you know Native American. Mm. Folklore. Folklore. The way that... Like how the moon rises. Right, right. But then they had everybody else sitting around just like with their mouths hanging open. But not in a like, that's so amazing. But more in a like, what are you talking about kind of way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So it was also like everyone was being super disrespectful. Yeah. Well, the little like mechanic guy at the end was like, that was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it was supposed to be like... uh, Ugh, gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which isn't good at all. Uh, I'm laughing because it's bad. <laughs> you're I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fidgeting right now. You can't see it, but I'm just fidgeting <laughs> in my seat. <laughs> so other characters. Anyways, planes breaking ground. Planes breaking ground. Oh, one of the Crash other... and burn. <laughs> planes crash and burn. <laughs> That's how a plane breaks ground. <laughs> The the one other voice talent, um, or I guess there are a few other to talk about, but one that, that I had to look up because I didn't realize who it was, uh, was the head of the park, who was um, John Michael Higgins, who, oh. if any of you are Christopher Guest fans, for the Christopher Guest mockumentaries like Waiting for Guffman and yeah. um, Best in Show, he he's... A mighty wind. Mighty wind. Yeah, I love <laughs> mighty wind. He's He's one of the regulars in all of those. So he's one of the main street singers in mighty wind. He's married to Jane Lynch in that his character. 
Um, he's in Best in Show. He's they really the, tapped. There's the gay couple, and he's one of the. I'm trying to think if he's in Waiting for Guffman. He may not be. He probably is. Was he's he in, in Spinal Tap? I haven't seen Spinal Tap in a mm. long time. He probably was. He's been in most of them, but he, he you don't see him in many things. He's right. like very known for the Christopher Guest stuff, but outside of that, you don't see him much. But he's he's a really funny kind of an understated funny character. Well, do you want to bring up your your rant? <laughs> this is a minor soapbox. <laughs> I, we found out afterwards that one of the characters is the Secretary of the Interior who shows up to see the new lodge and he has about three lines in the entire movie and he was played by fred willard who i think is hilarious yeah i love another christopher guest guy who and is in many other things um none of his lines were at all funny they took a great comic actor just yet and gave him a bit part like it's one thing to give a comic actor a serious role to let them try that out and sometimes you can be really impressed by comedians doing serious roles but they just gave him a bit part and didn't even take advantage yeah. of the fact that he's funny he was quite the plain jane <laughs> so that was just i felt like they could have just grabbed one of their animators from a back room and had him do scratch audio and put that in the movie and it would have been just as good nothing against fred willard it's just they didn't utilize his talents it's like you don't put picasso up on a in a stage play Unless he was an actor. Was he an actor? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was. <laughs> I like this analogy. It made me think. <laughs> you, you, you put people where their strengths are. Right. Painting. Yeah. In the case of Picasso. <laughs> Not Fred Willard, I don't think. Unless he paints as well. Then go for it, Fred. <laughs> so, that was my minor soapbox. Just uh, felt yeah. like a waste. No, I agree. I didn't. I didn't like even notice that it was him. <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Until yeah. the credits. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until afterwards. Actually, I want to jump into first camera work. What you guys think of the camera? I was actually very impressed with the camera work. I thought that the whole movie looked great. They, mm-hmm. Their use of crash zooms. I have not seen so many crash zooms in my life. Yeah, it was it was all... really well done. <laughs> yep. Very very a lot of handheld. The feeling. whole the whole intro had the. Um, Almost GoPro attached to vehicle feel. Yep. Which worked really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say, like, just watching it for that was kind of worth it. Just to get... Their layout team was amazing. Because, I mean, like, you can only get so many good-looking angles of a car. <laughs> right. Until it's like, well, it's a talking car. But they did some, did some real nice work. Because it's not like they have hands or feet that you can... Do, and you don't want it to feel like a car commercial, but I don't think it ever felt like a car commercial Mm-mm. or a plane commercial. I don't, I don't really buy planes, so I don't really see those. <laughs> <laughs> it's a niche audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they send you the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, you know, my some of the criticisms of the story or of uh, some of the voice things or vaguely racist stuff aside mm-hmm. i thought the like visually i thought the film was i don't know what i was expecting but it certainly exceeded yeah what mm-hmm. i expected i mean i thought it looked great and especially finding out i mean the, the film only cost 50 million dollars which mm-hmm. is like a sixth of the cost of a typical disney or pixar film yeah so for that impressive. kind of money they did an incredible job i would love to see their breakdown sheet of how where that money goes but yes it's quite impressive because they are offshoring it 
which I don't know. Right. That's a good point to make. Yeah. Is that almost like if they did the same film here, how much would it cost? I don't know. Right. It's more of another soapbox. I'll leave that one in the closet. (laughs) 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 Anyways, animation. I mean, really, it's like a face on a car. They did it again. Car and the planes. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Trains this time. Yeah, everything mechanical is alive. Yeah. Apparently. I think they hit all of them except, oh, even boats. They had boats in this one. Did they? Yeah, left. remember the boat left on the trailer? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There was a boat <laughs> and left there behind. And oh, right, there was yeah. Boat Reynolds. <laughs> Did you guys Yeah, remember? Boat Reynolds. Okay, <laughs> oh, that was another that. pun. <laughs> yep, that was a great one. <laughs> yeah, the, the animation was fine. It was good. Yeah. It wasn't, I didn't feel like it was anything to be like, wow, that was amazing. But it also, mm. I didn't leave being like, ugh. <laughs> I, love, I love being involved i mean the animators did what they need to do i felt yeah. involved in the story mm-hmm. yeah i didn't even like really think about the animation right. or was caught off guard at any point in time yeah okay would you guys recommend it i'd recommend it what's to, your recommendation i would recommend watching it with an eight-year-old boy right as like a blu-ray christmas present or birthday present yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, especially compared to other things that are out there. Yeah, it's super well done. It's it's great. Yeah. So I'd recommend it too. And then sit down and explain not all girls there <laughs> are you go. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Little mm-hmm. boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that wraps up Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Next time we'll be discussing The Congress by Ari Fullman, who also directed Waltz with Bashir. If you'd like to get a hold of us, feel free to email animcast at gmail.com. That's A-N-I-M-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at animcasts. I think it's burger, Ratzenberger. Just saying both and I'll fill it in. John Ratzenberg. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> John like Ratzenberger. <laughs> I'm not a sound wizard. <laughs> John Ratzenberger. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.